Hello, and welcome to Bridgeford Trust Company's Delivering Direction and Control podcast series. Our podcast series is designed to educate, challenge, and inspire listeners while keeping you updated on developments regarding modern trust law and powerful planning opportunities available, all in an effort to deliver direction and control to clients and their advisors. In this episode, we sit down with guest Anne Zura, president of Zura Financial Advisors, for a discussion on her background and how it has shaped her firm's investment strategy, values, and commitment to serving and empowering women to take active roles in their own financial future. David and Anne also discuss modern trust law and the unique advantages that South Dakota trusts present in terms of security and privacy, as well as taxation and overall flexibility. Welcome to another episode of Bridgeford's podcast series. Uh, we are excited about its popularity and appreciate everybody who has been tuning in to listen to what I believe are, and others believe to be some excellent interviews with some real thought leaders around the country and, and across the world, really. Um, once again, my name is David Warren. I'm co-founder of Bridgeford Trust Company uh, and absolutely thrilled to have been able to interview uh, so many uh, excellent uh, people over the last many months. And uh, again, today is no exception. Uh, with Ann Zura. Um, Ann is uh, not only a, a very good friend of Bridgeford's, um, we met uh, through a mutual friend, Terry Prendergast, who is also uh, featured on our podcast series, is important to Bridgeford and of course to Ann. Um, but um, in addition to being friends with Ann, I, I have tremendous respect for what Ann has built over the years. Um, as you're going to hear in the next uh, several minutes, Ann has a this developed herself as a, as a tremendous expert uh, in a couple different areas, particularly, of course, in the, over, in the overall umbrella of financial planning and, and planning overall. Uh, she has an MBA, uh, which is fantastic. And also she's a CFA, which is not easy to accomplish and something that to me is very impressive. And I chuckle because I think, and it may have been more difficult for you to get through this CFA program than it was for me to get through the bar exam. I think, I think yours was far more te- technical and, and took more time. Um, um, but I love your background, uh, and more importantly, I love your passion, uh, and uh, I love the fact that you have particular niches that you have focused on over the years, uh, particularly working with women. Uh, you have a, a, a program that I love called Women, Money, and Divorce, Chicks, Chat, and Change, and, and your new website looks fantastic. So, and welcome to the podcast series. Uh, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, David. Excited to be here. So I will tell you, you know, one of the things I think that's most interesting to me about your history is how um, you have come to be so um, passionate about what you do. And I think your beginning is unusual um, in so much as you've seen wealth firsthand through your family and as you grew up and in the pitfalls of, of wealth uh, and, uh, and of course, the rewards of proper wealth management. So why don't we start there? Could you tell me about your background and, and how you became so passionate about it, what it is that you do? happy to. Uh, So my background is that I am in Greensboro, North Carolina today, but uh, my family business started well in the 30s. And and so I'm a product of like, I guess it's the fourth generation. And there was so much talk and, and worry now about families not passing along their wealth. And so again, the business basically in the depression went under. It was a textile business, not went under, but was not doing very well. And so when my great grandfather passed away, who had come from nothing, 
he, um, well, they weren't able to get anything out of the textile business. And instead they got mortgages on 2,500 worthless acres in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so my family spent many years developing those, those land, that land and the generations, you know, there were three brothers. That was my father's generation. And then I'm one of 11 grandchildren. And then now there are 26 children and now there's gonna, there's even another level. And so I really experienced firsthand the complexity and difficulty of trying to manage a family business and deal with all those people. And so my, fa so, and the other piece is that my uncle was a trust lawyer. And so a lot of the um, tools that they tried to use, they, whether it was a uh, um, right at first refusal to make sure nobody sold their stocks. I mean, there were all these things, nothing was, there were no trusts in place and everyone was involved and it was, it was a process anyway. So that was just the start, but it just makes me recognize the benefit of a trust out of South Dakota. And that's why I get so excited because I think, you know, if you have a family business and, you know, my family, we had the opportunity to be a part of it, which was I'm very grateful, but, I mean, everyone has a different view on how things need to be handled. And the structure of a South Dakota trust addresses that, whether it's the investment strategy or whether we're trying to protect income or trying to grow diversification of assets. I mean, their committees anyway. So mm -hmm. is that a good short version? No, it's perfect. And that's, and that's really how we came together. You know, we, we have a, a common passion for what it is you can do in South Dakota. Uh, for trust planning. I have to chuckle. I remember as you're talking, you're telling me that really most of your family uh, are attorneys. And as as a recovering attorney myself, all I can say is I apologize. I, I think you're even your husband's an attorney as well, right? Yep. That's how I, and that's the, the short version how I got to South Dakota was he quit practicing law and bought a ownership, part ownership of the Sioux Falls Canaries. And right. his partners happened to be Terry Prendergast and Vance Goldhammer, who they're state lawyers. And so I always say, you know, I'm not, he doesn't own it anymore. And that wasn't the best investment, which I think Terry and Vance would agree, but they, everybody enjoyed it. And it got me really paying attention to South Dakota, which most people wouldn't have that experience. And it, and it also got me listening to what Terry Prendergast had to say about it. And so that's when I started hearing the explanation of South Dakota trusts. I'm like, whoa, this is really not the way trusts were whatever years ago. And it amazes me how they keep evolving to really um, amend and, and accommodate families and businesses. And so that's why I got so excited. So really, it's baseball that brought us together. That's great. Yeah, we, have to, yeah. we have to go to, go to a baseball game together at some point. Could you could you talk to me about your 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 business? I think you know I understand your history, which is fascinating, and why you became so again passionate about understanding wealth and how to how to maximize it from a, a generational perspective. Um, but you you started your own um, investment management firm and financial planning firm. Talk to me about that process and 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 what the focus was and, and is today. So I am president of Zero Financial Advisors, and we're a registered investment advisor with the SEC, which means I'm a fiduciary, and I've always been a fiduciary. And um, so my background, again, growing up, I was always going to determine to manage my own money. I was like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. And so I, from an early age, you know, took classes at night or, or whatever it needed, and I, I did get my CFA in my 20s and I got my MBA at night 
from Berkeley and I'm also a certified financial planner. And so one of the um, perspectives too is being more entrepreneurial. And so I think that's why you and I found each other too, that as a registered investment advisor, which I started that business in 2014 and we're up to 240 million today, Mm. that it's really- Congratulations, I I didn't realize it was such a big number, that's great. Thank you, It's, um, it's really, it is an entrepreneurial activity and it's it's not a typical um investment advisor and so that's why the south dakota trust was such an exciting opportunity to me because it's unique and it's really a great technique especially i deal with a lot of women going through divorce Mm -hmm. and i see them get remarried and i'm like oh boy this now you've got another person to deal with and and just kind of looking at it from the perspective of like how, what can we do to really have their money for them and their family and for the future? And so that's when, you know, not doing a prenuptial agreement, but doing more of the South Dakota trust is another, another exciting thing in my view, because it protects assets for the family. Absolutely. You said something that really uh, struck me, um, and I think maybe really the bedrock of uh, or maybe the foundation of South Dakota law or or really modern trust law. Generally, you said nobody was going to tell you what to do um, with your money uh, or your family's money. And, and I think that that is that really resonates with me because um, I think modern trust law has developed completely and totally around the concept of large families like yours being tired of being told what to do, how to manage the money, who the trustee was going to be, um, and all of the rigidity that exists and still exists, frankly, in the industry, but not not uh, as it evolves and burdens into the direction Bridgeford has. Um, but really, Annie, you, you, you struck a nerve with me because all the modern trust laws that we both have fallen in love with, for lack of a better way of saying it, really grew out of that concept of we were tired of being told what to do. Um, so let's let's transition into that. What what is it about modern trust law that most attracted you? I mean, certainly South Dakota, we would agree, is the strongest. But but overall, the, the flexibility and, and lack of being told what to do, I guess, uh, is is what's clearly is attracting you. So talk talk to me more about that. Well, and I I am grateful to my family because I think the attitude was that everyone is capable of managing their own money, and the trust to me in, in the in the old days meant that you didn't trust the person to be able to handle their money. Mm-hmm. And so the structure of the South Dakota trust in, is getting people involved. And so by having these committee structures, it, breaking it up, having the distribution committee, having, and actually you can have multiple trust protectors, you can have siblings looking out for each other, and you can have the, the grantor part of the process and, and educating the family as to to where the what got them there and what their goals are and having everybody really participate and so again I, my my family that one of the family values i think which i learned is that that you know you do and i do believe this too i've got three adult kids that that you the people will rise to the occasion that they can handle it i don't like the idea of people being dictated what they need to do with their money. I think they can make good decisions and they and everybody's situation is different. And I think if you have a, a framework, which to me would be, you know, meeting quarterly and you have somebody like Zero Financial Advisors, you know, facilitating or a lawyer, um, a family lawyer or, or 
somebody that that have it be an empowering situation where the money is whether it may be a philanthropy that people are interested in or knowing that it's not all going to be spent in this one generation that it would be for future generations and and what are the values and life lessons that got them there and what do they want to continue i mean i think that you could really have this be a positive and not be something where everybody's angry at each other and trying mm -hmm. to take each other's money <laughs> no i couldn't agree with you more um and i think that uh, everything you've said lends itself so well to um again why we're both so excited about modern modern trust law um if we could transition back a bit, because I, I, as I said earlier, I really love your your focus on on women, and you know, what, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how, you know, generally speaking, I think women of wealth or women that come from wealthy families or or, or make a lot of wealth, you know, I think they particularly, and I, I I'm not a woman, so I can only imagine. I would imagine women particularly don't want to be told what to do with their wealth and to be told how it's going to be managed or have to rely on an ex-husband or, or really any man at this point. And so that's, I think, what attracts me to what you're doing with women in terms of in, in engaging South Dakota law. How has that resonated with, your, with, with that focus? How, how do you talk about it from that perspective? Well, I think it's everyone's different and there's no right or wrong. I've, I've, I've learned that not everybody's like me or, you know, and, but I think having the opportunity and giving people the opportunity to take responsibility is important and not dictating it. So that's, that's, I think is, is the key. And um, there are all sorts of many of the states, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but the, you know, if you're in California or New York, I mean, just the tax ramifications of being, having your assets in that state versus having South Dakota. I mean, again, if you're not, if this is money that is the goal is to grow for the next generation, not have to pay significant taxes every year to, to have the money. But again, I think it's education. It's being a part I've always, I've always my leader. I, there was a point where I was became head of the family company board, which was difficult. And we ended up selling a majority of it in 2007. But my way of, of managing family or people really is to get people involved and have them be their, their um, idea, basically, and their decision. And so I think that's, to me, that's a, really would be a positive having, instead of somebody just being told, this is how much you get a month, then they realize, well, you know, interest rates have gone down. And there's a reason why they can't take out 6% a year that now they can only take out 3% a year without the principal being drained. I mean, and having them understand why the decisions are being made. I think that's really important. Well, I agree. And I think the structure that we keep talking about um, lends itself so well to that. And let's break that down a little bit. because I like your comment on maybe four different areas that I see as being the drivers of, of South Dakota and really modern trust law sophistication. And, and, you know, I use the word revolutionize, and I know it sounds somewhat dramatic, but I think it's true. I mean, when I was a lawyer, and you and I have talked a lot about this, and when I, well, more particularly when I was in law school, I did not enjoy my trust, trust in the state's uh, classes at all. And now it's weird that, you know, years later, I, I become passionate about trust law. But, you know, breaking it down into four areas, I think you've already mentioned a lot of them. We have the control and direction. Um, which is driven by, of course, the trust protector and, and the directed trust structure, which you alluded to. There's asset protection, which you, you mentioned a bit. Talk, talk to me about that and how, how you've, you've seen interest in that as you talk to uh, particularly women, but really your clients and, and everybody that you, you, you inter interact with. 
Well, I think I'll, I'll just go back to our family business. I mean, every time we start a new project, we did a new LLC for liability purposes. And so I think in this day and age, everyone is exposed, you know, whether you're driving a car and uh, or whatever career you have and walking out the door of your house. And so I, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but I think having this structure is is one more layer of protection. And, and, and you know, if I'll put in a plug for Bridgeford, because I think, David, you've done a great job of educating uh, the different aspects of these trusts, but the quiet trust or the, you know, you don't, it's not going to be on the internet that your family owns such and such amount, it, you know, you can, it's protected that way. So you're not a target. It's, you know, somebody's getting, you know, thinking about getting married, they don't have to disclose this trust if they don't want to, or if they're not comfortable at that point, they don't have to go and try and get a prenuptial agreement signed or, or forced to be signed. They, you know, one thing which, you know, you don't have, you can live in New York City, you can live in San Francisco and, and not worry that you're just going to be taxed to death. I mean, I think that's a pretty major one because right. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, I mean, I my I'll go back to my experience, my family company, we never, they never paid dividends, but we still had to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And so no matter where I lived, it was always being eaten up by whatever city. And so I think this, it, so if you have a company that you're not even, you're reinvesting that um, this would be also be a great structure. And, and, you know, and, Anyway, that those no, I, I, and, I, and that's a perfect transition because I, I love that you talked about privacy and the quiet trust. I think that was one of the four areas that I know you and I both uh, spent a lot of time talking about. But the taxation piece is, is peculiar to me, um, to our conversation. And, and what I mean by that is there, there's a case that originated out of North Carolina um, that made its way all the way to the Supreme Court, of course, called Kasner. The Kastner case, which is uh, one of the most powerful tax cases in the last maybe 80 years of the Supreme Court. And I love, Anne, that you practice out of North Carolina and you mentioned the benefits of taxation. And, and as you know, that is powerful because it affirmed and confirmed what you and I have known to be true for uh, since we met, which is picking the correct trust site is really matters and actually can save a lot of money in taxation as you've talked about. And so talk to me about how you explain that and position that with, with your clients, because right now that to me, particularly as we come through a, a presidential election where there's lots of uncertainty, uh, COVID continues to be an issue. Um, it will be probably for a while. This tax question is huge right now. And I, I'm sure you agree. So how do you position that? Well, there, there are two aspects. One, just basic income and capital gains taxes, right? So, I mean, you can also like live in Florida and not pay Florida taxes, but you don't have the asset protection. There are other, you wouldn't have other protections. But right now you have a state tax exemption of 11.58 million per person, which is in, a, who would have thought we would be at this level? And right. it's twice that for married couples. And I, and I think, Anything over that, it's a tax at forty percent, and so and right now everything's targeted to go back down to five million in twenty twenty five. So forget the political. I hate politics, but the facts are that the government's going to need to start raising money. And the estate, why not? To me, estate taxes is some of their debt. They can't they can't argue about it. <laughs> and so um, that's an area that really could be going up. And so there's an extra, I think, motivation now to, quote, use it or lose it if you're 
somebody has an asset that is worth substantial, you know, over 10 million or they can afford to give it to their future generations that they might want to go ahead and do it now rather than later, because it may not be there. And one of the things that people like, I know people don't like to give control up control of their money. And I don't, I, I, I understand that. But the other thing is people also don't like to pay taxes. And so at some point, would you rather go to the government or go to your children? And so I think really considering that using that part of that lifetime, even if you use 6 million, you would still be ahead from my understanding that the, and David, you're the lawyer. So I'm, I always say I'm not the lawyer and I'm, but that the, they would not go back and make you pay for that extra million that you might've used of your, if it goes back down to 5 million. And so it's called use it or lose it. And I think that's another something people really should be considering right now. So I agree. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, everything you said, I wholeheartedly agree with, but when you, when you combine the use it or, or lose it strategy with what you've already talked about, which is the uh, unbelievable amount of control and direction you're able to maintain through the directed trust structure. In fact, you can avail your families, as you know, and as you do routinely, uh, of these tax benefits while making sure they're still in control of their investment decisions and, and they can actually directly inv invest their money. So this is, to me, the where the intersection of amazing tax planning, asset protection, privacy, and control really cross all in one intersection and makes it so powerful as a planning tool. I that's correct. And, and I actually, we, we did an ebook cause I was trying, mm -hmm. it, we have it on our website that's downloadable, but I think that's where it's, it's ex trying to explain it. And um, I've just been working on opening up some for a client, opening up some bridge for trust. I've been working on your worksheet and all those things. And it's, a, there's a lot of documents, but it's, to me, it's fascinating because a lot of times you just look at a trust document again, not a lawyer, but you read the trust document and that's all there is to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but the way South Dakota, which I think is pretty cool, you have like operating agreements, you have like a family advisor LLC, you have other, uh, I don't, what do we call them? Entities, entities that play a role and it lets family you, advisors, whether it's the family lawyer or an investment manager, it allows beneficiaries to be involved too, which I, you know, the distribution committee, as long as you have an independent person involved. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm, I, I'm a rule follower. And so once you make sure the lawyers tell you what you can or cannot do, it, it allows for a, a family to be a part of the process, which I, that's where I get excited. So you're not deter, you're not um, stuck with a bank trust department telling you what to do or how much money you can have and how much they're going to charge, you know, and, and we didn't talk about it, but it's, it's much more effective from a cost basis too, because mm -hmm. Bridgeford is the administrative trustee, South Dakota, and Bridgeford does a great job of what they're supposed to do. And then you have the trust, but then you have the LLCs, which is where the assets are, and you have an investment manager involved there, or and you can have an investment committee and you also have the distribution committee, which is a lot of times, I think one of the things that I've noticed about trust that, and it's just human nature. Like people think, Oh, I have a trust. I can just take whatever money out. And it's like, it's a balancing act. It's not all there just to be withdrawn. You want it some to grow. And so mm -hmm. making sure 
whoever's on that distribution committee understands that decision, I think is only going to help everybody. So yeah. that's my. I totally okay. agree. Let's go back to your ebook. Um, I, I congratulations, and it was recently published. Um, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I uh, know it's on your website, and and as we wrap up, I'll make sure that we uh, have all of our listeners know what your website is. But I um, talk about the genesis of that, and and how has it been received? Because again, I think it's I think it's very well done. Well, we we just redid our website, and it <laughs> was a it's never easy. And so, I mean, I think it's, it's all good. I haven't had any complaints. And um, I was just, it was just a goal to really, and it forced me to really have it be explainable. I think one of the things I'll go back to, which you said, you told me early on um, that the lawyers, like a North Carolina lawyer probably doesn't want to go recommend a South Dakota trust. Right. And so Bridgeford has done a great job of educating the general public, and then the general public goes to the lawyers and says, this is what I want. And so that was my goal, just to really add to the content out there. And I give Bridgeford credit for helping me with that content too, to so that educate people out there to know this is an option. I think I've, I, I do get calls from all over about it. And, and, and it, you know, I think it's exciting that people are doing their own research and they're looking at options and they're not just dependent on whatever the latest, whatever that lawyer has been doing their entire life. Sorry, lawyers. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it, you know, I think you and I, in many ways, you're disruptors uh, that were maybe overused these days, but I think, you know, what, what you're doing, what Bridgeford's doing, um, we're disrupting the system a little bit. We're challenging lawyers. I would argue some lawyers, when they don't consider top tier trust jurisdictions like South Dakota at some point could find themselves in a malpractice situation, um, which is a little aggressive, but I, I feel strongly about that. And I, and I do want to mention for our listeners, you know, not only has Anne produced what I think is a, is a great education tool in her ebook, but I was um, really um, humbled and, and, uh, and appreciate the opportunity to do some joint videos with Anne um, a couple of years ago, I think now we, we produced over, I think one day we produced several videos uh, where Anne did a great job of positioning the conversation around modern trust laws and how, how they matter with respect to the type of planning that she's doing. And so they're certainly on, on Anne's website. They're on Bridgeford's website as well. So we certainly encourage you to, to take a look at those. Um, and in terms of um, where you're getting calls from? Where, where is it? Is it just North Carolina, or is it is it really all over? Where, where, where how are people finding you? I think the there is the power of the internet, and um, it was pretty buried in the previous website, and so we were still getting phone calls. So now I, um, it's all pretty new, but it, it's pretty much all over, and I think that's one of the things that is also pretty exciting. I mean, I know you've had a lot of growth in the international area, and um, it it makes sense for people. It, the the trick for me, frankly, is that the a lot of the lawyers just don't believe in it. I've talked to a lot of California lawyers, or and so I think you've gotten. A, I've been listening to your podcast, and you've gotten a great selection of lawyers that do believe in it. And it just seems like it's getting more and more uh, use and widespread. I mean, your growth has been phenomenal, right? And so I think. It's, there's a great future in it. 
Yeah, and I and I love the partner with, with folks like you. I mean, I, and you, you, your energy, as I said in the beginning, um, and enthusiasm for doing the right things for families, uh, in, engaging the most sophisticated uh, and progressive trust laws is, is refreshing. I can tell you, not not everybody embraces it the way that you do and the way that we do. And you know, I look forward to some great work together. Um, you know, as as we wrap up, and you know, I, I know we've hit a lot of topics. I mean, is there is there something in particular you'd like to like to share? with our listeners? Is there something on on your mind that you would like us to talk about? Well, I just encourage uh, people to really consider it strongly. And, and I think it's not that complicated. (laughs) I think the more I looked at it, the more I was like, this makes a lot of sense. And so again, there are a lot of layers and I, and people like David and many other people are more than willing to explain it. And so I, I just encourage uh, people to really consider it and consider it sooner rather than later as we're about to probably change a lot of our um, estate tax laws upcoming. <laughs> Completely agree, Ann. And I'll say the same about you for our listeners. You know, reach out to people like Ann who understand it. I, I hate the phrase get it, but Ann really gets it. Her practice is built around um, not only uh, the power of modern trust law, but the sophistication that she brings to building uh, portfolios I and mean, having the CFA, CFP, an MBA is, uh, is uh, what they say, the, the trifecta in our financial industry. I think uh, you should be congratulated for, for that and your work with women and for everything that, that, you, that you've done over the years. Um, I love that you, you took your passion and, and what you've learned uh, serving your own family and, and turned it into a, a career that you're excited about and, and we want to support you completely. Um, for those who... Um, I've mentioned a few times, um, it's Ann, uh, Ann Zura, of course, is with us, but the, her company is Zura Financial, Zura Financial Advisors.com. That's the, uh, that's the address um, for when you, when you click on this link, there'll be a Ann's bio. So please encourage you to, to look at Ann's background and, and her experience and, and her passion for South Dakota law. Um, and uh, Ann, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us. I, I, I really appreciate your friendship and your support of Bridgeford. Uh, of course, you have all of our total support as well. And we look forward to doing some great work together. And, uh, and again, we have to go see a baseball game in South Dakota. I assume we're allowed to go see a baseball game in South Dakota. I, I guess the governor didn't shut that down, right? So they, no, well, they're playing. <laughs> nope. Sounds good to me. And I thank you, David, for all your work. And it's, it's exciting that you're not, you're just keep evolving and how you're reaching out to people. So I uh, admire your fortitude and, and, strength and, and constantly evolving. So well, you're, gonna, you're my role model. Well, you're mine as well. So we're going to do great work together. Uh, no doubt. And so thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Bridgeford Trust Company's Delivering Direction and Control podcast series. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to keep posted on when new episodes are added. And for more information, visit us online at bridgefordtrust.com.